So first, I'd like to um, I'd like to just say how how wonderful it's been today to to see and to hear or not hear and to feel the the slowing down and the the um, the settling that's happened today. It's quite it's quite remarkable how how quickly everyone has really settled and how quiet. The, uh, the meditation hall and the whole, just the whole place has been, has become so quickly. <coughs> so I'd like to, um, to really um, express my appreciation for, for your practice, your inspiring practice. So thank you. The title of this retreat tells me that we're coming close to New Year's. <laughs> and um, the thought that's been going through me today is recalling a number of years ago, um, it was actually at Christmas time, when the Queen was giving her annual Christmas speech. And she said, this has been my Annus Horribilis. <laughs> How many remember that? <laughs> yes. And um, and New Year, New Year, from for many people, maybe most people, at least in this culture, and and with this particular New Year, of course, there's different New Years all over the world, but um, there's um, yeah, there's a tendency. A lot of people have the the tendency or the the inclination or or the practice even to reflect on the past year. And then to look to the next year, look toward the, the coming year. And reflecting on, on the past year, um, boy, what a year it's been. Um, and, and, and much of it has been Anna's Horribilis. <laughs> and and um, a lot of people would sum up a lot of it in two words. <laughs> You can guess the two words. <laughs> A person's name. <laughs> but, um, but just, uh, just so many other, other terrible, horrible things that have happened in the world. You know, so there's, there's of course, there's, there's Donald Trump, and, and then there's, um, there's Brexit, and, and all the suffering, and, pain and dislocation caused an uncertainty caused by that and there's um, and there's been just massive migrations and dislocation of people all over the world in Southeast Asia in uh, the Middle East in Latin America um, you know and and, and and we see how it impinges on Canada and on Europe and um, just such great tragedy and there's been <coughs> excuse me there's been all these forest fires dislocating people and destroying homes and, and lives and, and and earthquakes and volcanoes and all these all these natural disasters. 
uh, which, which, which seem to be getting worse. And there's the whole, um, you know, there's so much turning against improving the environment. There's huge increase in the gap between the most wealthy and the poorest. Um, there's the, the ongoing abuse and mistreatment of, of our native people and of other populations throughout the world. On, on more personal levels, perhaps, there's been illness, or there's been death of, of family members, of friends, of, um, for, for many of us, a teacher has died in this past year. And in, in looking back in this way, it, it, could be very, it could very easily, one could very easily be totally overwhelmed by it all. How many have felt that at some point during the past year? Just overwhelmed with all, the, all these terrible things that are happening. And, and when we get overwhelmed, so easy, it's, so it, it's, it, it can become so easy just to feel helpless, totally helpless. What's the point? What can I do? And kind of shut down. It's, um, it's helpful and I think important to, to see the other side of the coin and give, give some reflection and some thought to the other side of the coin as, as well. Not to try and make everything feel great and wonderful and good and, and beautiful, but to, to bring a little ba- bit of balance and to see where positive things are happening. And um, so one, one place where, where this stands out for me is the way that people, people are actually, the, it's a very interesting phenomenon how so many things that are happening in this world are causing division and the gaps are getting larger. And yet at the same time, that, that very process of division is bringing so many people together. In so many places, you know, I get, I get these, um, I get all these these emails from um, Lead Now and some of us and All Out and Avaz and um, all these all these different organizations and 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 seeing the figures how literally millions of people are coming together under each of these umbrellas and taking action and being effective in their action. Very, very positive, very positive thing that's happening in this world. We see how, um, how the United States in, in pulling back from, from, the, from the, cli- the whole climate, the whole environment um, situation so many other, almost every other country in the world has responded to that by coming out even stronger. And 
if we if we start to look, we can we can see so many so many ways that that there's actually uh, um, yeah there's actually uh, an underground almost starting to starting it's like a, a positive volcano <laughs> it's an underground it's just starting up and at some point will have its effect positive effect in this world. So very important, I feel, to, to recognize that and, and have some balance. So that's looking looking to the past and then looking looking to the future as as happens at New Year's. And looking to the future and um, and making these New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wonderful if our New Year's resolutions really were resolutions? If we could set a resolution and actually resolve something. And if each of us did that, how wonderful, what, a, what an effect that could have on the world. <coughs> Um, we, we probably all know from our own experience how easy it is to make a resolution. <laughs> and then um, sometimes other events happen and it just gets totally forgotten. Resolution, what was my resolution? What, what did I have to say at New Year's Eve? <laughs> um, or um, we make a resolution and we start acting on it and it gets to some point where it seems like it's going nowhere and well, what's the point? Or we work at it and we burn out. Um, I, I, I prefer to, to think of it as an intention rather than a resolution, an intention. Setting intentions is very important. In fact, the Buddha thought it was so important, he made it part of the path. The second part, Right up, right up near the top. Right intention. And, and as many of you know, what the Buddha meant by right intention um, has um, three parts. The intention for renunciation or relinquishment. And, and so many of you this morning did such a wonderful job of relinquishing those devices. Um, so the, the intention for renunciation, the intention for non-harming, the intention for non-harming, and the intention for non-ill will. Wonder, wonderful intentions. And, and all these, all, and, and each of these in its own way and all of them together, of course, um, work towards the ending of suffering, the ending of dukkha, which is what the, the Buddha's teachings are all about. And so, if if you were to, if you uh, you know, you could make an argument for summing up all of the Buddha's teachings in right intention. But again, we all know that even intentions 
like resolutions, intentions um, can easily fall by the wayside. And so I, th- I, think, it's, um, I think it's important to, to consider intention, to reflect on intention. What it is, how it happens, the effects of it, how valuable, how important is it really? So I've been I've been thinking about intention, and um, in, in this way, and um, yeah, and it, and it seems like there like there is a process with intention, and that that process that process um, begins with having an idea. Having an idea for an intention. Oh, that sounds that sounds good. I could I could do this or I could do that or I should do this or I should do that or um, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, good plan. And then uh, and then I I, I think it, it, uh, a piece that that often kind of gets skipped over or doesn't give enough atten- doesn't get enough attention. Is is giving attention to that intention and and bringing a kind of inquiry to it, a kind of investigation, and that investigation is um, a reflection, a reflection on the intention, and um, an aspect of that being to kind of see, okay, is there is there anything underlying this? What's what's the intention behind this intention almost, and 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 exploring this intention in if I if I go forward with this, is this leading to less dukkha, less suffering for myself and others, or is it going to contribute in some way to more suffering? And to reflect on what will it take? What will it take to put this intention into action? Is it likely that I will be able to follow through with it? Or does it seem likely that I'm just going to hit a dead end and burn out from it? So it's important for an intention to be realistic. So we have the intention, and we we explore it in this way. We investigate. We we really look into the intention, and then um, and then if it's all if it's all looking good, then then the next step is the action. We act on the intention, and often this is the hardest step to take, to start the actual action, and and. In, in the action, in the action, a couple of things, couple of, couple of things that I that I see that are necessary in order to sustain the action. So it's easy to start the action and then get sidetracked by other things, or to um, to lose interest. And and what I see is sustaining the action. First of all, is 
is a real interest in it, really being interested. And, and, and that interest shows to a large extent in the kind of exploration I've done, the kind of inquiry that I've done. And, and can that inquiry be ongoing? Um, another another factor is um, so interest and 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 going along with interest, um, mindfulness. Mindfulness is really important. Mindfulness of um, of how I'm of how I'm acting, how I'm how I'm thinking. Mindfulness of of my relationship to the intention. And mindfulness, mindfulness, I would say, includes heartfulness. And to sustain an intention, to sustain an action, I think there needs to be a, a good degree of heartfulness. It really has to be coming from somewhere other than just an idea, a thought. There has to be a real caring. And these and these these factors and and others will and and um, you know the 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 Buddha had the um, the three refuges the Buddha Dharma and the Sangha the community and to sustain an action it really helps to have a community you know you look at you look at these things that these organizations like Avaz and so on are doing. And how effective would they be if it was just one or two people doing it? They're effective because there's a whole huge community, a whole sangha supporting it. And so having, having sangha, having community to, to give support to that intention. And there's lots of different ways that, that we can get support and find support from community, from Sangha. And so we so we have all these all these conditions and we and we kind of we get into a groove with the action. And it's it's one 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 thing about intention, when when there's a real clarity of intention and when there is this this caring and when um, when there is this this real interest, intention Intention has a momentum. Intention has a momentum. And um, yeah, one, one way that I, I notice the, this momentum of intention is in the walking meditation. Um, <laughs> and I hope I'm not unique in this. I think not. But sometimes I notice um, I'll go off to do walking intention, walking meditation. And there's the intention. Okay, I'm going to find my place. I'm going to connect with the ground. I'm going to take one step and be present with this one step. And then I'm going to be present with the next step. And, and this is the intention. Body starts moving, uh, lifting, moving through the air. Setting down, feeling the ground, lifting, moving, 
what was that sound? Ah, oh, what kind of bird was that? Um, oh, where is it? Which tree is it? What kind of tree is that? And the stepping is still happening. <laughs> that intention has that momentum. The body keeps walking because that intention has been set, even though there's distraction. So intention has a momentum. And what's important is, is for us to remember that and, and remember, and, and the word that's translated as mindfulness, sati, actually means remembering. Remembering to return to that intention and open again to that. Okay, so so because of because of the the intention and 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 often we we can notice that 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 remembering that recognition and that returning to the intention and to the action doesn't it doesn't seem to happen because I've done it. It's almost like the momentum of the intention carries enough enough power that that somehow just happens. The intention is strong enough and clear enough that the being is recalled to it. And it's quite effortless at times. <laughs> Sometimes it takes some effort. Once we recognize that, it, it takes some effort to come back. But, but very often, it's it's quite it's it's not me doing it it's just a happening and it's because of that that momentum and and so so as as that happens more and more the kind of the the settling in and the being present with gets stronger and that settling in and being present with as it gets stronger the the actions the intention and the actions become more clear, and uh, I think there's more, there's um, there's more, more caring with it, more interest in it. So those of you who are familiar with the uh, Buddha's list of factors of awakening may recognize some similarity here. So the intention, setting the intention of following through and that exploration and the following through with action is, in a, in a way, is cultivating all these factors for awakening. And so as we move through this process of intention and the momentum of that intention, we move towards awakening. As we move towards awakening, we move towards the ending of dukkha. Okay, so, so intention becomes a, a very important thing. And it, it also becomes very important for us when, when, when I consider it in that way, it becomes very important to me to really give consideration to my intentions and to my actions. 
really give consideration, not just to kind of come up with an idea, ah, yes, that's my intention. And it, it very much ties in with the Buddha's definition of right intention or wise intention. Very, it happens that with 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 setting these intentions, you know, we look at them, we reflect on the the past year and the situation in the world and all these all these difficult things, all these terrible things happening, and and it can feel like, well, my intention, you know, I have to do something really big, or it's not going to have any effect. And in, in thinking, well, it has to be something really big, you know, I have to be like the Dalai Lama or like, um, I don't know, we don't have a lot of role models around <laughs> these days, it seems. <laughs> uh, Nelson Mandela. Um, you know, this, this, this caliber of person with the kinds of actions that, that, they've, that they've done and the, the impact that they've had. I can think of a, quite a few people I know, actually, who have done these big things and are totally unknown people. And, um, and so, so it is possible for us, but it's, I think it's also important to really get that small actions can have huge effects. You know, it's the old, the old, um, the old metaphor that's used of the the butterfly in one place of the world flapping its wings, and it affects the other side of the world, and and it can be like that with with our actions, small actions, and this is this is really important to remember, not just in terms of intention, but just in terms of our daily lives. Small actions can have huge effects. Coming back to uh, DT, um, Donald Trump, you know, he, he sends out these little tweets in the middle of the night. You know, and it may be just half a dozen words. And these half dozen words go out, and it affects the entire world. It's such a small thing. And, and in the days before tweets and Facebook and all these things, he could have said these words all he wanted and it would have meant nothing. But because, because it gets out there, just a few words has huge effect. And, and um, it's happened a number of times that he's given out a few words and it's had a huge effect and then he's backtracked on it or retracted it. Our words, when we're speaking with someone, the words we use and the way we speak can have a tremendous impact on a person. And we never know, we don't know what the impact will be. So, so it's, it's really important to recognize that small actions in the same way 
can have very strong effects, very strong influence. The Buddha's teachings say that we're all interdependent. And if that's true, if that's true, then it's obvious that our words and our actions will affect everything, everyone. And so Molly and I were watching a, a program on television a couple of days ago about trees. It was fascinating. There was, they were talking about this one, I think it was a kind of a spruce, one particular type of spruce. And they, they, they grow and they appear to be independent, separate trees. And they're spreading their roots out. And when their roots intersect, the roots actually come together and become a single root. And so we've got these two trees sharing a root system and the, um, this, um, I don't know what he was called, a botanist maybe, an arborist, whatever he was, this, this research person did an experiment where they, she actually, they, um, her team took two trees and they, that they, they had uncovered the root system and found that these roots had totally integrated, just completely joined. And then they covered up the roots again and, um, and they stripped every leaf off of one of the trees. And they found that within just a few days, the other tree had started producing different chemicals and sending them through the roots to the other tree, and within just a few days, all the leaves grew back. The effect of one tree on the other. And then they did, they did another experiment where they, they had two trees that, were, that had, a, had a root system that had joined in this same way. And, um, and I forget what happened to one tree, but it was a, they did something so that it, it, was, it was almost like it was dying. And the other tree, they were watering it. Taking, I guess that was it. They were watering and taking care of the one tree, and the other one was being neglected. And the tree that was getting watered started sending water through the root system to the other tree. The, the, the interconnectedness is so, is so close that the one nourishes the other. Our, our interconnectedness although there isn't, at least as far as we can tell, a physical root, but our interconnectedness is that intimate. There is a, there is a physical connection in that we are all standing, sitting, walking, and lying down on this earth. We're all connected through this earth. We're all connected through the environment. And being connected in that way and 
also being connected in the in the, the very subtle ways that that the Buddha recognized and spoke about. You know, the in the, the subtle ways that when I when I look at Alex, just the fact of seeing Alex sitting there affects me. It produces different thought. It produces different body language. Just the fact of seeing brings out that that interconnectedness. There's there's an intimacy between all of us that most of the time we're totally oblivious to. But it's there. And because of that, our words and our actions do matter. Our intentions matter. Our very thoughts matter. And it's in the in the light of this that right intention becomes so important. The whole of the path becomes so important. Right intention, right action, right speech, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness. All of these are important because of our interdependence and our interconnectedness. And and the and, and this path is 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 pointing us to really exploring this and, and coming to understand it in in a way that we we cultivate these qualities that support so that these qualities all support each other. So this whole, this whole process of reflecting on the past, in, in this particular case, reflecting on the past year and, and recognizing all the, the terrible things that have happened and are still happening and, and also having some balance in, in recognizing the positive, the positive things that have happened and are happening. And, 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 and from that balance, perhaps being able to find our way through the helplessness and the despair and the, the grief. Help us to find our way through that so that we can connect with an intention that's, that's realistic for us. And that will lead to the ending of suffering for oneself and others. And as I said, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Small steps do matter. Sometimes the small steps are more important. Again, it's, it's, uh, it's like in the, um, in the walking meditation. Each step is important. And it doesn't matter if the step is a little slow one or a big fast one. Each step matters. One of my, one of my teachers, Ajahn Mahagosananda, um, 
he used to give a talk and, and the line that, that would come out in this talk was slowly, step by step. And then he would say, every step is a prayer. To, to bring that attitude, that attitude of, of sacredness to each step. You know, whether it's physic, the physical steps of walking or whether it's the steps in our actions, the steps in our speech, the steps in our thoughts. So, as we approach this New Year's Eve, this new year, reflecting on old year, giving some consideration to the, the coming year, and, and, and knowing, knowing that this, and knowing that, that this reflection on the past and this looking to the future is grounded in the present. It's happening in the present. It's all in the present. The past is in the present, and the future is in the present. So as we, as we settle, as we become more settled, more quiet, attention, more grounded in the body experience, more clarity of, of, of experience, not, not being afraid or overwhelmed by events of the past that may show, that may come to memory, and not feeling, oh, I shouldn't go to the future, I've got to just be here right now. Mind, body, heart can, can be looking to future, but it's from the present. Here and now. So in the in the groundedness in the here and now, in the in the presence, in the steadiness, in the stillness, in the silence, allowing for the reflections and allowing for the to say the intentions. And knowing that every step matters, every moment matters. So let's sit quietly together for a few minutes. Being steady in the present moment. And not chasing after the past or digging up the past or looking, trying to figure out the future, but just recognizing when it shows and recognizing that that is present and being steady with that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.